Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast where uh, on the Locked On Podcast Network, where if it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it is a big deal to us, and we're going to talk about it. I am Jay Kyle Mann of the Dime Drop. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. That's how he introduces himself to everybody, and uh, <laughs> we've already established that. But uh, yeah, if it's a big deal, we're going to talk about it. And today we are going to talk about... Uh, Sort of a somber vibe, um, a very, very bitter, not not much sweet, I would say, you know, all capitals, bitter, lowercase sweet, uh, Kentucky got a win, we're going to talk about that, but opening it up, I, I don't think there's any, there's really just no way to start, I don't think, other than to address uh, what happened, uh, I forget, was it was it was after halftime, right, when it happened, I'm pretty positive. Yeah, I think in the third quarter, late third quarter. So uh, basically, Terry kind of got to the outside. I forget if he just kind of did like a uh, – if he, he just decided to to hold it and run, but he got kind of to the right side of the field, lower half of the screen. I uh, got horse-collared. I mean, it was the most obvious, blatant uh, horse-collar. And Stoops, Stoops kind of tried to be a gentleman about it, just talking about, you know, you reach out to try to stop somebody – because you watch these games sometimes, and, and tell me if you feel this way when you're watching, and it's just like, how does he not know what he's doing? You know, Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I can, I, I, one, I see it as, how do you, how do you not know you're ripping a guy down by the back of his collar? Exactly, as, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's two, so blatant. But two, these guys are moving so fast, and Terry Wilson certainly was moving very fast, and you're just trying to get, not let him run completely by you and get away and you're just you're behind him he's zooming past and you just reach out and grab something and then i i in that way i sort of get to like i would say i i, I don't think there's any intention malicious intent like i'm gonna hurt terry wilson you'd what have happened? to be a real bastard yeah like yeah, yeah. I and mean, how what, you know you were gonna do that yeah yeah and we've like let a lot of seconds go by here without saying the the news of the day is Terry Wilson is lost for the season, and why it happened is he was moving very fast in one direction, and this horse collar tackle happened, and it immediately yanked him back uh, the other way, and the body's not really meant to do that. It's like being in a car accident, and uh, you know he had one foot planted, it looked like, and that was his left foot, and his mm-hmm. whole left leg kind of buckled beneath him, and it was pretty apparent i mean right away in the few seconds after watching terry react and then especially when they roll the cart out there and they immobilize his leg and they take him off and then we we think we hear stoops telling the opposing coach in the af- in the handshake after i'm sorry we kept throwing but my guy's out for the year i think we all pretty much knew before the end of the evening what had happened but mark but they confirmed it today Sunday as we're recording this, or really this evening, I guess, that Terry Wilson has a torn patellar tendon in the left knee. He's going to have to have surgery. His season is over. And more than that is, like, how will he come back? Because uh, several people have reported on this. The Herald-Leader had a kind of a good breakdown on it. This is a tough injury. It's, It's much worse, or certainly worse. I don't know about much worse, but certainly worse. Uh, clearly worse 
if you talk to medical professionals than it's, an ACL. It's worse than an ACL. Yeah. I've torn I've torn my ACL, and this was the one that was like the the patellar tendon basically goes around your kneecap. It's that it's that hard. If you feel of your kneecap, that really hard like tendon that is just below it is your is your patellar tendon and it like holds your knee cap in place and it can it connects your if i'm not mistaken it connects your quads uh your quad and your tibia so like your shin so i mean it's it's basically your upper leg to your lower leg so it's huge yeah and um and i was tweeting with um a guy brian sutterer who's a, a really cool guy who has a youtube channel where he explains sports injuries in plain terms and uh he was just talking about when just judging by the protocol of what happened, he said that they they immediately came out and uh, immobilized Terry's knee, which was a really bad sign. And he was saying that either implied a fracture or a dislocation because of instability. Um, so, but people, you know, I thought I thought that last plant, like you were talking about, he took that step, and and whenever you really aggravate it is whenever somebody like stops you from just jumping freely so it puts this weird pressure on your joint which you could just see that happen to terry that last step that he took mm-hmm. um i mean yeah this is a, it's a bigger deal than it, it it's a really it's a heartbreaking thing man because it is it's a bigger deal than tearing any of your ligaments because we've gotten to the point in medical science where you can come back from that like uh, i came back 100 percent, and i know these athletes with all this attention can these days even achilles treatment has improved uh, I mean, so there's hope for and, him, but I'm skeptical that Terry's ever going to be quite the same guy. Well, and like an ACL, like nine months is not totally unreasonable now. But, you know, this is, you know, a year from now, they'd be two weeks into the season. <laughs> you know, you'd have to be back in 10 months, really, to be able to go through a preseason and any of that. And you're a dual threat quarterback. And a big part of what Terry Wilson is, is being an explosive quick twitch, you know, speed guy. Uh, they say like when you, when you recover, when you first have this repaired, basically you can't bend your knee at all. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to get the flexibility back and all the, all that athletes, the, there've been studies done, um, that, you know, athletes come back at a very much lower percentage of like full recovery rate from this than ACLs now. So, yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is this isn't just a this season thing, and it's a huge a huge blow to this season, which we'll talk about. But for Terry, in the long term, and for Kentucky in the long term, um, you just have to wonder. Like they thought, what a great junior college transfer because we get him for three years, uh, and now you're certainly not getting him for three. And who knows what you'll get next season? So it's a uh, it's a big blow. I mean, the guy. <laughs> Here's a here's whatever you think of. Oh, is he really a, that good of a quarterback because his numbers weren't amazing? You know, as a passer, whatever you want to say. Here's a stat that they had on the broadcast before he got hurt. In the SEC, in the in their last 15 games as a starter, there's only one guy in the league with a better record, and that's Tua at at Alabama. <laughs> Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson is 12 and three now as a starter. Yeah. I mean, and, and at Kentucky, that that has, this doesn't happen. Nobody's ever done that. No, no, you so, didn't get twelve and three records. Yeah. Tim Couch didn't have a twelve nobody, and three record during like, no any stretch. Nobody has ever done that. So, yeah. you know, and and you know, it really it really stinks for Kentucky in terms of the timing 
because you know you could have won the last two games without Terry Wilson. Um, now comes the stretch where you really need him, and here comes Florida coming to town. He's the guy. He, you know, he didn't win them all. Some some games they certainly won in spite in spite of him, but he won the game at Florida last year in his second ever major college football game, coming from JUCO. He had 105 rushing yards, 151 passing yards. He hit Lim Bowden on that beautiful throw in stride. Three total touchdowns, and they end the streak against Florida. I mean, he won that game, and uh, they need him. You know, to beat. I think they needed him to beat Florida this weekend. I so and and it's a you know we talked about when we did our preseason stuff. We talked about the stretch that came up starting in week three with Florida was you know, going to really set the tone for the season. It's Florida at home, at Mississippi State, at South Carolina. You know, then you get a break against Arkansas, which has shown nothing in two weeks. They should be able to beat them. But these next three games will determine, you know, can they, like, keep their – can they keep their status in the league? And to throw a new guy, Sawyer Smith, and we're going to talk a lot about him, who they'd be completely screwed had he not decided late in the spring to come transfer from Troy. But to throw him into his first start for them, it's Florida and then at Mississippi State, then at South Carolina three in a row, that's a, that is a tall ask. And, and so let's, let's hold that. I, I want to unpack that a little bit. Before we go on to talk about Sawyer Smith and what Kentucky's quarterback situation is going to look like in the next few games, I want to tell you guys about Buffalo Trace Distillery. Uh, this is the wor- the world's most... <laughs> I get Curtis syndrome whenever I talk about... Uh, poor Curtis. Anyway, the, the world's most award-winning distillery. That's what they are. And uh, if you go there, you're going to see 200 years of masterful bourbon-making history in action. They want you to come and smell the mash cooking. Uh, if you're a big bourbon enthusiast, this is something that uh, you're going to really savor because this is uh, a high-level place with a lot of history. Uh, you're going to be able to see the oak barrels and, and touch them and in the century-old warehouses and hear the stories about bourbon legends like Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee and taste award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. You're going to be able to experience a tour for every taste, every preference, and the distillery offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week to accommodate you year-round like the popular Trace Tour. Or you can see Bourbon Pompeii and walk through history on the E.H. Taylor Tour. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com and mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on Locked On Kentucky Podcast and get 10% off merchandise at the gift shop. So any kind of little souvenir that you want to get, uh, you can get 10% if you mention Locked On Kentucky. Yeah, uh, Sawyer Smith. So this is a situation where Sawyer Smith is a guy, the TV broadcast clearly didn't know anything about him. We were kind of joking (laughs) around about that. That was bad. Like, oh, he throws a touchdown on his first play, first pass, and they say, oh, this is the first pass of his college career? (laughs) Did this go, who is this uh, vagabond that just wandered in from the street and was handed a jersey? He had thrown like 250 passes in college. Uh, Yeah. But uh, anyway. Well, in uh, I had that number pulled up just in his so so Sawyer has, if I'm not mistaken, this year and next year of eligibility left, right? Yes, this is he's his a two junior, year. 
Yeah, he's a two-year guy. And in his sophomore year at Troy, under Neil Brown, correct? Correct. Uh, he went 144 of 229, so he threw 229. That's a lot of passes to yeah. just glaze over. So 63% completion uh, rate at Troy last year. Is this... He showed some competency just stepping right in there. I mean, Kentucky's – the good thing is, you know, he's not going to come into a situation where – you know, Kentucky's offensive line is good. I mean, right. it's one of the better offensive lines they've had. And if you were going to just walk into a situation like this, this would be a good one, you know, yeah, in the history the piece, of Kentucky football. Yeah, I mean, yes. In the history of Kentucky football, this may be the best possible scenario to step into. I mean, maybe last year. I'd rather have Benny Snell than just about anybody, but um, but I, th- I think there some things are evolving. I mean, the first pl- pass he threw was a long touchdown pass to Ahmad Wagner, who continues to be ridiculous. He- he's making crutches and breaking tackles, but also drawing pass interference. I think he drew two more pass interference penalties, so it's like eight of them. Unbelievable. Uh, but also, there was a third one that won't officially count because he got pass interference and caught it anyway and then scored the touchdown on the pass from Sawyer Smith. Yeah, uh, they declined it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really incredible. He's become a real target. I mean, again, we talked about Keaton Upshaw, the young tight end. He just trucked over about five dudes to, to move the pile. He looks good. Lynn Bowden has has had a weird start. He's made some mistakes for Kentucky, but he also had a long kick return, a long punt return, uh, scored a touchdown. Just kind uh, of watering all the plants. Yeah, had, threw had a pass a, to Terry. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are some weapons. And then, you know, we'll talk, we're going to talk in, a, in the, the last segment, do go through our over-unders and we'll, we'll talk about the running backs. But, you know, they may have a new star running back emerging. So there are some options. Yes, and a, and and a really really good offensive line to protect him. So not insane pressure. I mean, there's there's enough sort of you know we talk about gravity a lot. There's enough there is enough talent and balance. You know, this is a fairly balanced offensive attack as far as Kentucky's concerned. Um, for for Sawyer, I mean, and it seems he seems like a pocket passer. He's a big guy. Like uh, yeah, six, uh, he's six three, two hundred something pounds. Um, but he also can run it. I mean, he, he, he didn't throw a pass against Nebraska last year. He wasn't the starter yet. Uh, he took over. Th- that's the thing, too. He's familiar with this. He was a backup for a year and a half or two years. He takes over in week seven for an injured quarterback at Troy, and he goes five and two as their starter. They end up, uh, they end up winning 10 games. He wins the bowl game. Um, but he, he, had a, he did play before he was starting against Nebraska, um, and ripped off a long run, I think a 40-yard run or something up the middle. Uh, and in his career, these are his career numbers, and, count, and counting what he did the other night against uh, Eastern Michigan after coming in for Terry late, he was 5 of 9 for 76 yards through two touchdowns. Very, a, a very nice start. Uh, but total in his career, he's 63% passing, uh, 1,926 yards, 17 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, and he's carried the ball 94 times for 269 yards and a couple touchdowns. So, like, he's not totally immobile. He's not a statue back there. Right. He, he is going to throw the ball much more than he's going to run it, but I don't, they can still keep some of the read option wrinkles and stuff in there uh, with him. Uh, and here's the other thing that stands out to me about him. I, I went and pulled this. Uh, he played against, in, the, in those final seven games that he played, and he had a couple, he did throw a couple stinkers, but... 
in the final seven games that he played, he played against four bowl teams. And three of those teams ended up being 10-win teams. And these were his numbers against the four bowl teams he played at the end of the season. 68.5% completion, an average of 271 passing yards per game, seven touchdowns, two picks. Hmm. Against the best teams that he faced. That's pretty good. Yeah. He, he, he threw for 320 yards and four touchdowns with no picks. Completed 70% of his passes in the last game that he played with Troy in the bowl game that they won. Um, so I, one thing I would say is, I think I've already said it, but where would Kentucky be had he not jumped on board? Because Gunnar Hoke transferred out, Danny Clark transferred out. They had nobody with any experience. And in, in comes this guy who was willing to, ba- what he thought, be a backup for two years, uh, you know, finish out his career in the SEC as a backup, and now he, you have a, uh, an emergency starter replacement who's played real meaningful uh, you know, college football, over 2,000 total yards and 19 touchdowns in his college career. Yeah, but also, I mean, this is get, we're coming up on game three, and it also sort of – presents the question it's like terry's done so yes your depth is your depth. it's not like you know terry's banged up we gotta you know reach right. into the bullpen it's just like hey the bullpen's empty like no this is yeah if something <laughs> happens to but 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 what is something that i wanted to kind of pose to you was and something we were talking about was uh you know kentucky's been in this situation in the stoops era before you know drew barker was supposed to be Right, you know, he had a career that never quite got off the ground, uh, and when people, lest we forget to to quote Al Michaels, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when Stephen Johnson came in, it was definitely a who the hell is this guy situation right. because he he sort of you know we didn't know what we were getting like, and he he right. definitely won us over, and and he's really a similar guy, like an unheralded guy who actually also played Division One football. He, he was a JUCO transfer immediately to Kentucky, but before that, he had been a guy who started some games at Grambling. Uh, I think lost his job due to injury um, and played pretty well. And so it is kind of, I mean, at least in the, the walk-up story, a little bit similar. Um, but as you point out, so I mean, I don't think there's, there's a reason to just panic and say the season is lost. I do think expectations have to be managed a little bit because – I think people who just say no big deal really are underselling how valuable Terry was to this team, mm-hmm. and how and some of that's just the leadership of like those guys immediately respected him and and would follow him. And this uh, Sawyer Smith didn't get here in the spring; he got here after spring practice. He's been here, I think, since June. Uh, he's the new guy. Does he even know all the offense? You know, you, you some of those things. But then the big question to me, I think, I think he'll be okay as QB1 for the most part, uh, and certainly in the games that you looked at in the first place and said should be winnable, but what happens if he goes down? Because yeah. they, because Terry's not coming back. So you know, right now I guess Walker Wood is technically the backup. He's a local kid who was a really fun high school player. He's a small guy. He was kind of a Johnny Manziel-type player, really fun. I saw him play in high school because they were recruiting all of his offensive linemen. Uh, Landon Young being one, and the and the kid that ended up going to Alabama, um, but he's been he's had a bunch of injuries, including in his shoulder. I don't know if he's anywhere near the same guy 
and he's a tiny little guy. I mean, he's just, I don't know if he's the answer. Then you have true freshman Armani Gilmore, who's very intriguing to me in the long term. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good-sized kid with a huge arm. He was a baseball player, too. Led his team to a Louisiana State Championship this past year. Had six touchdowns in the state championship game. He's a can run it and throw it. Ran for over 1,000 yards. Uh, but I, I don't think that's a kid who's ready to step in and play. Their other freshman also hurt himself and is out for the year. Nick Scalzo, the kid that was featured on the Netflix documentary QB1. Hard to know if he's ever going to be. Ever, yeah, he's, ever he's I think, torn his ACL twice, I yeah. think now. He's got Harry Giles syndrome. Yeah. yeah. And so, look, I mean, the, next year they have the four star kid from Lexington, Bo Allen, coming in. But that doesn't do him any good this year. Nope. He uh, might be two years away. Yeah. I mean, right. So, so I think the bigger. I think they're as as like, hey, we lost our ten win quarterback in week two. Goes, it could be in a, they could be in a lot worse shape. But the real question is, if if at any point Sawyer Smith has to go out, I I I personally think they have to just stick Lynn Bowden in there and wildcat it to death. Do the Randall Cobb play the Randall Cobb plan. Yeah, man, it's a t- it's a tough situation to be in. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to talk about our over unders. But first, we're going to take a break. You know, one one last thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, there was some there was some audio that came out of Mark Stoops and the head coach of Eastern Michigan. I'm blanking on his name. You probably know it off the top of your head. What's no, I really don't. You don't? <laughs> I was hoping you <laughs> I'm did. Sorry. I'm You're sorry. supposed to be Mr. Big Time uh, Reporter and yeah, all that stuff. And, I know, and, but yeah. I'm just not as I'm not as plugged into the day to day football and I didn't uh, honestly didn't take Eastern Michigan all that seriously. So Yeah. Uh, well I uh, enlighten me. I mean I, I thought that there there wasn't any weirdness between the two of them, was there about about Sawyer being a little bit aggressive, getting snapped? there at the end of the play no i think yeah i mean that was the whole thing where we knew like early that terry was out because they converged and all the local tv cameras kind of rushed in and captured it and a bunch of them were tweeting out their videos last night i think i think stoops was trying to head off right at right away and say like hey because they were still throwing with like a minute to go like and threw another touchdown he basically to say uh, you know hey the reason we were doing that is because i had to get this guy some work because my quarterback's gone for the year right. and i think and, and i think the the other coach was kind of saying sorry i'm sorry yeah. about what happened and yeah they didn't uh i didn't think they was i thought they both handled it really well and oh. it seemed um, like a, it seemed like a mutual admiration because i was reading the post-game notes from eastern michigan's coach and he was just talking about how Kentucky was all class, and he admired the program, and just really went into detail about how uh, how much he admired them. You know how much of that is just kind of coach posturing. But uh, talking about over unders, so the first one obviously has a big sad asterisk next to it. Terry, I don't know if I have him in the same order that you did, but uh, we had Terry over under two hundred fifty passing yards. We both uh, took the over. Yeah, yeah. I think we can just kind of toss that one out. With, yeah, I call yeah. that one a, a scratch. Yeah, that he was had nice. 114 yards passing before he got hurt. For the, as a team, they threw for 222. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all things considered, they they did fine in the passing game. But uh, I'm depressed. Didn't. I'm just sad. <laughs> it is. I mean, it it is a sad thing to see a guy. I mean, Terry's a very affable dude. Uh, you know, everything I've heard about him is good and, and, and they all love him. And 
he's a fun player with a fun personality. And even if he wasn't, it's sad to see a guy like, uh, you know, a, well, a, 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 one of the, you know, five most important players on a team. Yeah. And who's kind of taken the long road to get here to, mm-hmm. from high school to one college that didn't work out to transfer to junior college. And then here uh, to have an injury like that and to have it on such a, in such a kind just of a dumb play, very unsatisfying way. Like, look, if it's trying to make a play out in the middle of the field and you twist one way, like that, even that's easier, I think, to handle than in an already game. They were already up, I think, twenty one. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like Eastern DeMarcus. Michigan, and have somebody rip you down from behind on not dirty, but a but a you know, it's a it's a it's a per, it's a play that automatically results in a personal foul. So it's clearly something that nobody wants in the game. That just kind of sucks. It is. It's sad. It's a bummer. Well, have you ever been like really? Hurt? Have you ever had a major injury? I'm, I'm oh just yeah, asking. yeah, uh, yeah. I blew my elbow out, and it's uh, it's brutal. That first, I remember uh, uh, I I tore my ACL in like when I was like 23, which I'm not going to say how long ago that was. I'll get to be more depressed. Um, but the first. The first like twenty four hours after you like realize what you're, <laughs> once you kind of like gaze up at the hill in front of you, the mountain yeah. that's in front of you is, man, it sucks. And whenever somebody really gets hurt, that's all I can think about. I just mm-hmm. I can vividly remember, uh, sitting in my dorm room and realizing what <laughs> what I was getting ready yeah. to go through. Uh, and I just yeah, I just feel for Terry, man. It's uh, yeah, and your livelihood doesn't depend on it. You yeah, know? like like if you your your pick up your future pickup games do but yeah like facing rehab when you come when you get out of surgery and you you're miserable and you can't bend your arm or your leg and you know two inches in either direction which which happened to me with my elbow there were a few months of like total total depression so It's hard I, I to stay chipper. It really is. Um, well, let's blow through these. Uh, let's Mike, blow through it. Well, let's blow through it like Cavassier Smoke did. Uh, the over-under for him was 50 rushing yep. yards. And you said, you, I, I wrote down the quote, you took the under and said, I think he's going to come back to earth. Oh, God. I was airball on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 t- I took the over and was happily... Uh, easily right. He had he had eleven carries for ninety two yards and a touchdown and another pretty long touchdown called back for a penalty. He now leads the team in rushing for the season and he's only carried the ball in his career in three games and that total now is twenty two carries for two hundred and fifteen yards and three touchdowns. He scored a touchdown in every game he's gotten to carry the ball in. He is a revelation, I think. And yeah. AJ Rose is good, but I think. Smoke is the best chance to be a like bona fide star running back for him. For them, he's also the only one of the three running backs who has yet to fumble. Rose fumbled at the goal line, a pretty costly one in that last game. Uh, so he was over, and he should be RB one, I think, moving forward. Or at some yeah. point this season, he's going to be. Well, he had that one play where he shuttled like. I think I can't remember. He just shuttled left or right, and the what the speed at which he did it, and then the zero to sixty after that. Um, yeah, yeah. I was telling you, I was like, God, I haven't seen that out of a Kentucky back since Boom Williams. Like that was that was what it reminded me of. I mean, he's he's a big play. He's a big play back. At least in the context of this team, he's the biggest play back they have. It seems like. Yeah, he's he's a home run threat for them for sure. Uh, 
The Eastern Michigan quarterback, Mike Glass, 60% completions uh, after going 20 of 22 in the opener and leading the nation in completion percentage. You took the over. I took the under, and you were right. He, he was 34 of 53, 64%, for 337 yards against Kentucky. Two touchdowns, but they did pick him off twice. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he actually impressed me, uh, the Eastern Michigan quarterback. Uh, related to that, UK, two and a half sacks over under. You took under, I took over. You were right again. They only had two sacks against the team that was in the like 118th in sacks allowed last season. Not a great showing for the pass rush in that game. Uh, some of that, I think, was trying to drop a bunch of guys into coverage and slow them down. But uh, And then the yeah. last one, Max Duffy, 50 yards per punt. Uh, we both took the over. We were both wrong. He only punted three times, and he averaged a measly 43 yards. Some of that was situational punting where he was pinning them deep, but doesn't matter. He didn't hit the over. And then finally, as we blow through these, the score predictions. 31-10 was mine. 28-17 was yours. And we, if we mashed them together, we about nailed it. It was 38-17 to 17 was the final score. Uh, so I had the margin. Uh, you had... Uh, Eastern's score right on the right on the nose. So neither of us nailed it. I guess I win because of the uh, scoring margin. You had it being a nail biter, eleven points. I had them winning by twenty one, which they did. So uh, I'd say we we're pretty close to a overall kind of push. A general the, good feel. I think we had a general good vibe on what was going to happen. Decent. Yeah, decent between the, between the two of us. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. So yeah, they win. They're two and zero. Florida's coming to town. We'll talk a lot more about this that this week. But uh, for today, it's it's kind of a you know Somber. tip the tip tip the cap to Terry Wilson. Uh, Godspeed to him and his recovery. And uh, you're up, Sawyer Smith. It's, uh, this is a big one. Yeah, put your money where. Uh, well, I guess he hasn't said much, much but uh, <laughs> yeah, here's your here's your chance to really make a statement. I mean, the stage is yours, my man. So, but uh, what do you do? You have anything kind of to, to? Do you want to prep anybody for stuff you're working on, real quick? Uh, no, not in this one. But I will throw uh, one more thing out. We mentioned Gunnar Hope transferring out. He is the not the backup, not the starter, the third string quarterback at Ohio State, and he. In two blowouts where they've won by 66 total points, he has yet to throw a pass. So, uh, Sounds like he the, was bait, he'd be the, motivational he would, bait. Yeah, and he would be the starting quarterback at Kentucky now uh, had he stayed yeah. here. So Hard to know. Funny how things work out. Yep. Well, I am uh, at jkyleman on Twitter, and you can follow my stuff on the Dime Drop on YouTube and dimedrop.net. And I'm Kyle Tucker. Uh, at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH, and you can follow my work at The Athletic. All righty, guys. We will see you next time. Tomorrow. Later. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea.